Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, a weekly podcast doused in alcohol and lit with knowledge. Clinkies! Hello. Hello. Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things. That's a very that weird start. That was a terrible start. intro, yeah. That was weird. That's like a morbid podcast. Welcome to Hello! <laughs> Hi! What up, dope? Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, the podcast. Yes, episode 18. Yeah. It's actually a little bit more than that because... We've done more. We've done minis and we've done multi-parters, a.k.a. last episode 17, if you've listened, was an A and a B. Sorry about it. We just talked no, too I'm not fucking sorry about much, it. man. We got into our fucking shit. We were talking. Well, you know, I'm not... I don't think it's a bad thing because... If we both do our research and yeah. we both are very yeah. invested in what we're talking about, I don't want to cut it short and leave out a bunch of shit I love it. just to make it fit into no fucking, a one episode. No motherfucking half measures in this bitch. Right. So sometimes, mm-hmm. as we know now, this many episodes in, you're going to get some two-parters. Yeah. And I think that yeah. that's okay. It's a-okay. Because then if you don't like me... You can skip my episode, just and if fuck. you don't like Tom, you can skip his episode. But y'all be gentle, because I'm going to look at those analytics and be like, damn, <laughs> Tom oh, 86 saying, my shit. Are you saying everybody likes me more? I'm not saying that. I think we confirmed that. I think you alluded to that last episode. I don't know why we had to bring it up. Oh. Again. No, I we're great. In, we're both that's great. interesting. I think we're equally fun. We like I mean, to I mix it I'm up. Lightly, I think it's a fun I think I'm mix. I think like a little more fun. But, oh well, um. yeah, because I, most of my shit's fucking heavy as fuck. So yeah, rarely people are murdered in my stories. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Fuck it. Hi. <laughs> How are you guys doing? What's up? What's new with you? What you got going on? Are you talking to me or the audience? Because they're not the going to respond. The fuck am I going to talk to the audience? They're not going to answer. But you're asking me like you don't know. Right. Well, you ruined this bit. <laughs> you could have rolled with that very easily. How about, how about what are you drinking? That isn't at all the question I wanted to ask, but Andrea, what are you drinking? Oh, I was I was asking. I was genuinely asking. God him. damn it. Because we're drinking the same thing. Fucking, bro. We went through the fucking drive through. What did we buy? Tell them, but just say what the fuck it was. Fucking Franzia. Franzia. <laughs> It's funny because God our like damn fucking boxed the wine. liquor store we go to now by our house, you encounter the same people yeah. who work there, yeah. and they had, subscribe to this podcast. Well, we had one person does. We had switched it up. Don't belittle the fact that we we had switched it up. We were trying to like move away from the boxed wine, uh-huh. and I was doing cocktails. And we did we, two episodes cocktails, of that. Yeah. yeah, and then we were doing. I was mainly just buying like a bottle, a small bottle of like rosé. Mm-hmm. When I say small bottle, that's a regular bottle because to me, that's not that's so tight. That's like a just no. promote the alcoholism a little more. <laughs> it's called we drink and we know things. <laughs> but anyway, we drink that shit by the gallon. I fam. was driving through, so I was driving through to get a box, well, to get booze for this recording, and he was like, "What? I thought you guys switched it up." And I was like, "We did, but." It's a recording weekend, so we're, we need a box. And he was like, yeah, I heard about your podcast. So he they, they know what we, they know, well, you told him about it. 
I shouted it you at them. Literally, at all were, of them yeah. For so like twenty minutes. They know what we drink. Yeah, and why we drink it, and when we're gonna buy it, based off of when we're recording. Yeah. Now we're gonna do like a remote Whoops. episode at the uh, at the liquor store. No big deal. No, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be good times. Anyway, man. So it's uh, it's February for us. Uh, I just got finished brewing a batch of beer today. Probably, I would hope that when this episode comes out, it's still February for everybody listening. Motherfucker, I go back when I listen to a podcast. I go back to episode one, and I listen through. I could well, be listening it to. Matter. Oh, you know, I see what you're you saying. You know what I'm saying? I could be still on episode ten as episode thirty out. That's yeah, Valentine's Day is coming up. Oh yeah, so I subscribe. Well, we used to subscribe to a week. No, not weekly. Monthly subscription box called loot crate this oh, yeah, is not yeah. an ad and then no, nobody knows we exist i can't right and then i i don't get it anymore and mm-hmm. tom surprised me with one of their new boxes yeah. which is actually very fitting for this podcast it's called like loot fright it's spooky so y'all we we plug so many people one day it'll matter it's just getting our listeners indoctrinated the fact that inevitably we're gonna plug people yeah. And things. So anyway, Fuck it. Loot Fright, it's like the horror version of Loot Crate. So it's all like horror based stuff. And I wasn't expecting one. I didn't even realize. And so I I got the Valentine's Day themed Loot Fright today. Yeah. Which they left on the front porch in the pouring rain. It was fucking soaked. Thank God everything in the box. My new mug. That's how we knew to go get it. Cause oh, because you ordered a new mug. Yeah. I got a mug that I broke. But thank God everything in the box was wrapped in like, yeah, you know, plastic. Yeah, or it would all been like freaking ruined. But it was the best thing ever. I got a shirt, a Dracula shirt that says "Love Sucks." I got a freaking uh, Chucky blanket with him and the Bride of Chucky, and it says "See you in Hell" or "Meet you in Hell" or something. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. There's like horror themed Valentine's Day cards. I'm very excited. We'll probably put some of it up in the podcast room because it's so fitting. Not. It's so good. We will not. You were the one who literally said that. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be sick. Oh, I'm so excited about it. Yeah. So there's no code because we aren't sponsored, but it's still a cool box. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. Maybe one day. One day. Maybe one day. Fuck them. I would love it if we were sponsored by Luke, right? Oh, my God. That would God. be so dope. They better be sending me free fucking boxes, fam. So uh, I, think we're, I think that we're... Uh, Episode so episode twenty. I think we're gonna do a, a collaborative episode. We've talked. About Are doing, we? I think we've talked about doing a collaborative episode for episode twenty. Last that might little, be a good last little bullshit before we get into the before we get yeah. into the episode. Well, I think that it might be a good um, if we do a collab for episode twenty. It would be good practice for our live show. God damn, we got a live show, guys. We're opening for. Some amazing, awesome people. Local podcasts. Hillbilly Horror Stories. Been very who are helpful. The ones who organized it all and invited us to open for them as such a new, new, new podcast. It was just like so amazing and heartfelt and and just yeah, we were overwhelmed. Cool, man, they've been very cool. Very with us. awesome. They've been very helpful. And the dog is scratching himself in the background. So sorry about that. And then it's also the did you say the Brohio podcast? No, the Brohio yeah. podcast. And uh, that's gonna be a Khalil's in Shavley on the sixth of April, I believe. 
And then I think we're doing a little. I think we're. I think we're going to go hang out at Waverly with them. I think that the folk, the folks over there, Hillbilly, are going over to. Uh, I think they're going to Waverly. I think we're going to go hang out with them. Do a yeah. Waverly tour. Yeah, and uh, also there's Exorcist and Bishop James Long. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm Which I'm sounds eager wild. to hear what this dude's got to say. I would like to. I'm. I'm, I'm interested to hear his story. Yeah. You know, in whatever stories he's going to be telling, I'm sure it's going to be. So if you're local, yeah, for sure. And if you're local and you haven't um, bought tickets yet, they stop moved, fucking around. They moved Do locations, it. yeah, it's to a bigger, a bigger place. So because it was, it had like sold out, and mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be really cool and very fun. And I mean, I think we're gonna fucking knock it out of the park. But I think we're gonna have a lot of. We're not. It's not. Um, a full, ep- you know, it's not gonna be like a full episode for us. Trust lives, full... the format's a little different. Well, and we're op- we're openers, so we we are blessed and thrilled and so excited. But it's gonna be very, um, you know, like, yeah, be quick we'll give you guys around. like a quick like twenty minutes. So we think we're gonna do like a combo guy on that. A little combo. guy. So maybe our twentieth episode could be something. Twentieth episode, twenty minute. I don't know. I'm stretching. Yeah, I'm reaching. Me, I'm lost. But yeah, also the whole. Um, Waverly thing afterwards could. I was gonna be fun, man. Really fun. It'd be fun so. to go. There, there was actually people that hit us up on Facebook like, "We hope you guys come." So we're we're planning. So we on, plan on it. Yeah, we plan yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, it's gonna be dope. Yeah. All right. That was we did good. You ready to shut up and get in? I'm ready it? to shut the fuck up and do this podcast. So technically, you're first because I did mine. This is a whole yours. new guy. This is a whole new guy. This is episode eighteen. No, I know. I mean, like that's what I meant. But like seventeen A was me. Seventeen B. It was. I went last, so I go first this time. Oh, I guess that doesn't really make. Oh, yeah, it makes it's sense. My turn to go first. Yeah, yeah, we're we're combining those two as if like you went mm. last. No, you go first. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. So, so let's do this. Let's fucking get into it. Um, I am first of all excited to do this podcast. I love doing this podcast. This shit is fun as fuck. I, I would hope. Yeah, and one of the things that I like to cover in the podcast. Which is this podcast. <laughs> Stop saying podcast. <laughs> this is a podcast. It is. Podcast. I'm going to talk a little bit about cryptids today. So okay. we talked a little bit about the Popelik monster. We talked a little bit about... That's the only cryptid I think that we've talked about to this point. But you're talking about a beast or a creature that has not been scientifically proven right. to exist definitively. Like Bigfoot. That's the big one. That's the big, big one. That's the big-footed one. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about like Bigfoot. We're talking about some of the more obscure uh, cryptids in the U.S. of A. This region. Uh, actually, I, I think we'll probably tap into some that are European as well, but I'm just going to kind of tap onto a few because there's so many and I'm tapping. I, I like to tap it. Look <laughs> oh, at me. Make God. eye contact. I like good to tap. God. I like to tap it. Good God. Okay. We're going to talk about the skunk, the skunk ape. The skump? The skump cake. <laughs> We're going to talk about the skunk ape from Florida. Skunk ape. The skunk ape, which is a large, hairy motherfucker that walks on two legs. Oh. It's said to inhabit the southern United States, but it's most often uh, they they spot that bad boy in Florida. Not surprising. Oh, because of course it's like our. I think that Florida and Kentucky have a kinship, and Florida is like the weird Kentucky, like the coastal what? Kentucky. Yeah. I think Why? It, come at at well, me. I I'll talk about it all. That. Let's do an episode no about sense. it. 
So it gets <laughs> it it get, it makes sense. Okay. It makes sense. Okay. Jesus. In regards to true crime, please don't compare us to Florida. I'm sorry, guys. Y'all wait for got the, a lot wait of for the Florida crime. Man episode. Let's get back to it. Oh, so it's been spotted most often in Florida. It gets its name because it's stinky. It smells bad. It smells like methane and rotten eggs. There's been sightings since the 60s and 70s. The most famous sighting happening in the year 2000. That year... Uh, the year 2000, two different photographs were taken of an animal which people thought to be the skunk ape. And they were mailed to the Sarasota Sheriff's Department in Florida. Uh-huh. Uh, along with a letter from a woman who said she'd photographed the creature in her backyard. Oh, so it was the same chick who took both mm-hmm. pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was just like, it's already like a widely known thing. So they, she was it, like, oh, it's the, it's the skunk ape. It's obviously the skunk ape, yeah. Like she just she automatically thought it was the skunk ape, yeah. And mailed them. Why didn't she just take them to the, the year 2000. police department? It was the year 2000. Maybe she didn't want to leave the house. <laughs> the year 2000. Was she afraid of the, What? I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say Y2K, but she would already know that shit That shit would have already popped off. She said that the cryptid had entered her yard for three nights and taking apples from her porch. So she had some <laughs> apples on her porch. Some of them started going missing. What? She took a picture of the skunk ape. Why did she have apples on her porch? Because she got, she got some apple trees. She'd make an apple pie. I don't know. She got some apples on the porch. But why didn't she bring them in the house? Because she was sitting them out there. She didn't know she needed to bring them inside. That is so random. So she was pretty convinced that it was an orangutan that had escaped from the zoo. But then why did she send them? But <laughs> let wow. me finish my shit. The police uh, dispatched to her home several times. They never saw any animal. The National Park Service says the skunk ape is a myth that developed from Native American legends. But according to the Skunk Ape Research Headquarters, Ooh. the creature might be of the same species as Bigfoot. So it's just like the stinky skunk version of Bigfoot. Essentially. So that's Skunk Ape of Florida. Wowzers. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Next, we're going to talk about Tahoe Tessie. Stories of the aquatic creature in Lake Tahoe, which you're talking California and Nevada, can be traced back to uh, the members of the Washu and Paiute tribes of the mid-19th century. They said that the cryptid lived in an underwater tunnel beneath cave rock. So that's the that's where the, the water body is that they're they're thinking the creature lives in. And it's called Tessie. It's called Tahoe Tessie. Tessie. Yeah. So it's like Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Nessie. Yeah, exactly. The sightings of Tessie who got her nickname from the famous Nessie of Loch Ness <gasps> continue today. Said... Yeah. So they, they describe Tessie, who is Tahoe Lake Nessie <laughs> you're welcome as a creature that's as long as 80 feet so somewhere between 10 and 80 feet long is tahoe tessie that's like it's a big ass bitch no but that's like insanely different right it's somewhere between real little and real it's fucking somewhere big, between buddy. like a basketball player and a fucking river so it has a serpentine body and coloration coloration ranging somewhere between black and blue <laughs> that's also very different listen it's either real big real small black or it's blue baby okay i mean whoa that's 
So there's a lot of theories around Tessie. The most popular being that it's uh, like a dinosaur. Oh. Plesiosaur or <laughs> okay. uh, Mosasaur. Just left over from sure. the... Because Good fossils guy. of these creatures have been found in the surrounding Sierra Nevada mountains. Okay. However, scientists, they say that it's pretty unlikely. Weird. Because the lake <laughs> formed in the late Ice Age, uh, long after those animals had already gone extinct. Other Tessie theories say she could simply just be a big-ass fish. And why is it a female? Why is she a female? Why is it she? I don't, because it's the... Nessie's the male, Tessie's the female. Uh, Believers point to a quotation from undersea explorer Jacques Cousteau, who alleged to have emerged from a submarine expedition in Lake Tahoe and said, the world is not ready for what's down there. I think which you is, could. I think is, you could say that at any point, Tessie. Right now, yeah. we don't know what is down, down deep What's in that. Coming, yeah, like, right. Fuck that. The deep ocean, like down, is fucking up. terrifying. It's super scary. Yeah. It's so far down there. Yeah. It's so dark. No. Yeah, it's creepy and no. the pressure alone. Anyway, next we're going to talk about the Ozark Howler of the Ozark Mountains. So we're talking about this creature being a big-ass black cat with horns and glowing eyes. Okay. It gets its name from a loud, eerie howl that it emits through the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas. Are those places close to... Oh, I guess they are. I guess... Yeah, they all probably pretty... They probably border each other. (laughs) Cryptozoology. Well, yeah, they're not... I think they're connected. Cryptozoologists have suggested that it's a creature that could be an unrecognized big cat. So we're talking like a mountain lion or something like this. Mm -hmm. While anthropologists have speculated that the stories were simply inspired uh, by the black dogs of death, which were found in British folklore. I guess that's when the area was... When it was settled, it was a lot of British settlers, and that myth, that lore kind of latched on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of evolutionists who believe that the Ozark Howler say it could be a mutated mountain lion breed or a hybrid of mountain lion and another animal. So no reported sightings, none of that what? shit. That's just kind of so a. Then we're, so then it's just a howling. It's just yeah, they hear people hear howling. Yeah. Hmm. That one's kind of lame. Well, damn. Sorry. No, when you think about like there being no sightings, it's like, where did it come from? But yeah. it's also very curious and, and very interesting to me that a lot of these things stem from yeah. stories, stories past, 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 past. Yeah. Like in the last episode when you were talking about uh, Edgar, Edgar Casey, yeah. like a lot of that was sort of like maybe past Circumstantial and yeah. But it's still, he's still known and it's still relevant. Just like these For things sure. are still known and relevant but why why Why? you know there has to be a reason why they're continued no i agree i agree you ready to talk about the lizard man of escape or swamp in south carolina okay he's a reptilian first of all y'all remember them you know what i'm talking about yes why it's not that but so he's a reptilian humanoid cryptid this motherfucker seven foot tall wow walking on two legs and has scaly lizard skin. Said to live in the swamps of South Carolina. 
and the first sighting happened in 1988 when 17-year-old Christopher Davis saw the motherfucker being the lizard man running towards him while he was changing a tire. What? In 1988? This is the first... The year of our Lord, 1988, yes. The year I was born. I, I 30 got, years ago. Uh, you're great. No, so that was the first sighting? First sighting, 88, yeah. That's... Very so dude new. was Davis was changing his tire. He just saw a giant get, the gecko. Yeah, the he Geico. hopped in the fucking whip because Jesus Christ. Well, yeah. But the lizard man jumped <gasps> onto the roof of the car no. and clung to it. No. As the teen tried to shake him loose. What? When he got home, Davis found that his side view. So I guess he did shake him loose <laughs> at some point. Oh. And Davis. Uh, Christopher Davis found that the side view mirror was damaged and there were deep scratch marks into his vehicle. It reminds me of Jeepers Creepers. So for a little while after this initial report, there were other sightings of the aggro lizard man creature. <laughs> it's like the gek, the um, Geico lizard took just steroids. Just on steroids, just <laughs> jacked up. Oh, Let no. me tell you about your insurance. Oh, we've got car insurance. <laughs> Come on, mate. You need insurance. Uh, so there are a bunch more sightings, uh, and they're talking about unusual scratches and bike marks on cars, which were parked near the swamp. So obviously the Geico lizard trying to get uh, claims, insurance claims. Uh, police were skeptical, but stated that a sufficient number of sightings by reliable people had led them to believe that something had been seen. They thought it was a bear. That's so big. A bear that was just obsessed with fucking cars up. The sheriff's department made placer casts of what appeared to be large three-toed footprints to send to the FBI. Was this from the car? or the... It was from, like, the scenes of these, yeah, yeah. Uh, these incidents. Okay. Um... Our dog is being very annoying. Sorry God. if you hear him whining. He's a part of the fucking podcast. <laughs> but they never sent them to the FBI after the South Carolina Marine Resources Department said they were unclassifiable. So they made these casts from a footprint. We're going to send them to the FBI and this the South Carolina Marine Resources Department. We're like, we don't know what this is. We so what? That would be it the could exact be nothing. reason to send it to the it FBI. Could be, it could be anything. So That would be the exact reason to send it to somebody who doesn't. Well, not the FBI, or even, like, I don't even know. Like, yeah, what? I don't know, man. Uh, Senate's Area 51, just mail it. So, after this, think there, there are no more... address is just Area 51, I think P.O. Box? I'm sure there's a, I'm I'm sure there's a more official... Oh, I'm kidding. Um, so, there were no sightings of the Lizard Man, really, that merit weight until 2011, after this so point. So, we're going from the two, 80s to the yeah, 2000s. Yeah, he was probably on shrooms. Uh, in 2011, a couple reported that their car had been mauled... And demolished, and so the sheriff who had been sheriff in the 80s said that the damage was similar to the 88 incidents. So that's kind of what we know about that's the creepy. lizard man of Scape or Swamp. Okay. Fucking reptilian. He's probably in. He's probably president. Sounds like Loch Ness monster. Or no, there's not a, the Loch. The, not there's the Loch Ness. nothing What's like the Loch Ness monster. No, the. What are you talking about? Yeah, the Loch Ness monster. Is a big ass fish. No, you're talking about. A lizard man walking on two feet. What am I thinking of? I don't know. I think you. I think you said you were thinking. Oh, the Ness. the one from the horror movie. I have no idea. The web feet. Next, we're going to talk about the Jersey Devil of New Jersey. Oh. Since the 1700s, there have been literally 
thousands of reported sightings of the New Jersey Devil in the New Jersey Pinelands. It's described as a kangaroo-like creature <laughs> with the head of a dog. Oh, no. It's got wings like a bat. No. Horns on its cabeza and a forked tail. Ew. It's said to prowl through the marshes of southern New Jersey and freak the fuck out of people, essentially. Just fucking... Well, yeah. Yeah. So there are many stories about the origins. Most commonly accepted is that in 1735, there was a woman, uh, based on the lore, called Mother Leeds, and she had 12 kids. She said, motherfucker, if I have one more kid, it's going to be the devil. Was that a quote? Yeah. Was that a direct quote? Direct quote. Motherfucker. <laughs> and so she got pregnant again. No. And had a, her 13th baby. Rosemary. It baby. was the Jersey Devil. It killed its mother and flew <gasps> screaming into the woods. Gross. So to this day, residents of cities near Pinelands, which is where the New Jersey Devil lives, uh, have reported hearing the devil's screams late at night. It's probably his mother's scream when he flew out of the There's a large group of motherfuckers that say it is an English settler folktale. But also motherfuckers hear it. Ugh. Okay. Those are wild. One That's more. wild. You want one more? Let's do one more. We're going to talk about the Loveland Frog from Ohio. Okay. Okay. Not too far from us. No, Ohio, just up the street spell, just a little north. It's a humanoid little motherfucker with the face of a frog and was first spotted in Loveland, Ohio, hence its name, in 1955. A businessman said he saw a bunch of little motherfuckers with green skin, webbed hands, and wide mouths squatting under a bridge. And one of the creatures reportedly held uh, like a... A bar-like device that admitted sparks. What? It's got a fucking glow stick. No. And it's like a frog? Yeah. What the fuck? It's got a fucking taser. Is this... What? It left a strong odor of alfalfa and almonds behind, which the... smells delightful to me. What the fuck there is were... alfalfa? I only picture it's that like... kid with his hair sticking up. It's like the same shit they make sarsaparilla out of. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a type of wheat or something. Oh, it's like a, okay. A wheat like thing. I'm supposed to know how that smells. It smells delicious. Oh. There were no sightings between 1955 to 1972 when police officer Mark Matthews said that he saw a frog-faced man jump over a rail and into the Little Miami River. A couple of weeks go by and a farmer said he'd seen a creature riding a bicycle <laughs> that looked like a frog. Oh my god, it's like Mr. Mr. Toad's yeah, it is. adventure exactly. or whatever. It's exactly like that. So then oh, Mark no. Matthews, who was the police officer, no. said he saw the Loveland frog again this time it was lying in the road, and Matthews <laughs> shot at it, but it escaped. But in 2001, he retracted that story, saying it wasn't a monster and was probably just a pet lizard <laughs> that got too large for its aquarium. Okay. <laughs> so that's a little primer on cryptids. Wow. I thought that would just be a fun little dude on <laughs> that's, cryptozoology. Are, that's wild. Kind of fun. Like, well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun, right? There's so yeah. many cryptids that, and all of those deserve full episodes. And I, I'm, I'm gonna, sure. I'm gonna keep, you know, I'll just 
We're just plugging one in for 18, getting ready for 20, aren't we? Well, and it's it's like the 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 intriguing thing to me about those things that you talk about with those stories is that they came from somewhere and they continued yeah. to be told for some yeah. reason. Yeah. And then for there to be like... It's like American gods almost. For like, some of them to have like, quote, multiple sightings, it's like, wait, you know, like, what? Is there something you to You know, it? and yeah. it's like, it all seems very ridiculous and silly, but who knows? Like, especially the big ones. Uh-huh. Like, like Bigfoot. Right, like are still Yeti, talked about and there's still you know, these werewolves, like, even freaking shows shit. today. Like, um, what is it? Expedition Unknown where he goes and literally tries to find these things. It's like we're in, we're so far removed from where these things started. And yet right now in today we have a show yeah. where a guy is being filmed and paid to go try to find these things that we as a society, don't think exist. Yeah, and, you know, I think that there's still so much of the world to discover that I think that there's there's room for it. Um, okay, so are you ready for I'm my... I'm so fucking ready, let's get it. Are you ready for my story? Yes. Okay, this is a story that I think in the true crime community is probably pretty well known. Like, if you're into crime, true crime, okay. you probably know about it. But I also feel like it doesn't really get talked about all that much. I don't know. Okay. Maybe it does. I don't know. But I don't think you're going to know about it. And I think it's 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 a crazy story. So. I'm ready. I'm about to tell you there, about. Just as a side, they're always crazy I know. Stories. I know. I know. Yeah. That's true. So I'm going to tell you about a man named John List. All right, Johnny. So John List was born September 17th, 1925. Oh, fucker. He was born. He's an old boy. He's an old motherfucker. He was born in Bay City, Michigan, and was the only child of German-American parents, John Frederick List and Alma Marie Barbara Florence Hubbinger. I guess that was her. Hubbinger? Hubbinger. That was her maiden name, I guess. List. Like, that's. She's got so many names. Alma Maria Barbara Florence Hubbinger List. Damn. Huh. She's powerful. Um, like his father, he was a devout Lutheran and a Sunday school teacher. And in 1943, he enlisted in the U.S. Army and served in the infantry uh, as yeah, as a laboratory technician during World War II. Okay. After his discharge in 1946, he enrolled in the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, where he earned a bachelor's degree in business administration and a master's degree in accounting, and was commissioned as second lieutenant through ROTC. Okay. So, as you know, moves. like I usually do, I'm giving a little bit of a background of the person that I'm talking about. I get it. About. That's how it goes. It's usually pretty crush. It's pretty crush. It's good to know. I would agree that it's crush. The background of somebody that you're about to tell yeah. a story about when you're on a true crime podcast. Yeah, I, agree. <laughs> I agree. It's not a true crime podcast. Well, you know what I mean. It's like borderline. When I'm talking about true crime. Yeah. So, in November 1950, as the Korean War escalated, he was recalled back to active duty, and uh, he was at Fort... I don't know how you pronounce this. This E-U-S-T-I-S for Eustis? Eustis in Virginia. 
And this is where he met Helen Morris Taylor. She was a widow of an infantry officer who was killed in action in Korea. Okay. And she lived nearby with her daughter, Brenda. So John and Helen married on December 1st, 1951 in Baltimore And the family ended up moving to Northern California, where he served as an army accountant. Okay. He then completed, we're skipping ahead, in 1952, he completed a second tour with the army and worked for an accounting firm in Detroit and then as an audit supervisor at a property company in Kalamazoo. Oh. And this is where their three children were born. So at this point, he's married and he has three kids. Okay. So by 1959, List had become general supervisor of the company's accounting department. But Helen, his wife, had apparently become an alcoholic and was becoming increasingly unstable. By 1960, his daughter Brenda marries and left the household and List decided to move the remainder of the family to New York. They moved to Rochester. He went there to take a job with Xerox. Okay. He eventually became director of accounting services. And in 1965, he accepted a position as vice president and comptroller. C-O-M-P-T-R-O-L-L-E-R. Okay. And comptroller at a bank in New Jersey, New Jersey. And... Moved with his wife, children, and mother into Breeze Knoll, which was a 19-room Victorian mansion at 1931 Hillside Avenue in Westfield. So we're talking, they're moving on up. To the east side. They're moving on up. We're talking about a 19-room mansion. <clears throat> God damn. This mansion has a ballroom. That's many more rooms than our Mar- house. <laughs> Just a couple. A few, yeah. Marble fireplaces and a Tiffany skylight. This is a mansion. It's, this is a baller fat. place. It's fat as fuck. So the older daughter, she moves off, you know, yeah. and then they move and into this fucking baller mansion with his family and his mother, or and his wife's mother. So at this point, him and his family were just the embodiment of the American dream at sure. the time of 1965. Yeah. They went to church every Sunday. He taught Sunday school. You know, they're living in this mansion. They're a happy family. Mm-hmm. The works. Sure. Right? The whole thing. So cut to 1971. Okay, so a little bit removed from where we are now. Um, or where we that's were. That's what, yeah. six years later? Yeah. He loses his job. Fuck. And this is where things start to crumble. Yeah. The thing is, he doesn't tell his family that he lost his job. That he's lost his job. That's and like I feel like that is the most sad dude shit ever. Like I can't. I'm, I'm gonna get dressed for work every day, and I'm gonna go and fuck off, and not tell it. Yeah. Like, God damn. Like to a certain extent. A sad. But stuff. this guy takes it to a new oh, level. Okay. Of course, so, it's your podcast, so of course. <laughs> <laughs> so he take. Oh, I said he takes it to a new level. <laughs> he takes it to a new level, bro. He does, but. So he doesn't tell his family that he's lost his job, but he continues to leave for work every day. He's not doing shit. He's not working. He would spend his days at the train station reading, 
napping and wondering how to get his family out of this financial mess that he has created. Mm-hmm. Okay. So also at this point, he's like apparently skimming money from his mom's bank account, you know, because she's living with them. Sure. So he's skimming money from her while not working to maybe, I guess, pay, pay his the mortgage or the, yeah. well, the mortgage and whatever. Because his wife doesn't, none of them work. His mother, his wife doesn't work. His what? His wife doesn't oh. work. <laughs> his wife doesn't work. His mom doesn't work. She's living with them. Yeah. They're in this fucking huge ass fucking mansion. And they've got multiple kids to raise. Yeah. And he's not working. So. Right. Yeah, yeah. So he also refused to take welfare because of embarrassment that it would cause his family, you know, in the face of the community. Sure. And it would go against what his father taught him and violate the principles of self-sufficiency. He later would be quoted I grew up with the idea that you should provide for your family and to do that, you had to be a success in the job that you had or you are a failure. And that was not a good thing to be. So the prospect of foreclosure at this point begins to settle in. And uh, he's got uh-huh. this I this growing... Like awareness or... He's got this, you know, like in what his father instilled to him that like... You're the provider. If you can't do it and Nobody you're a can, failure, yeah. then you failed and you're, whole, you know, like you're the man. You do this, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Yeah. So at this point, the prospect of foreclosure begins to really set in because he could only he's gonna lose fake house, going so. to a job that he's not going to for so long because he's not making any money. Damn. And I mean, we're just get another job. I know it's right. It's not, it's, it's right? not always that easy, but like. Well, he starts to realize that he can't fix this mess and that his financial failure would be exposed to his family and the community. And that's just un, un, not impossible. okay. Yeah, like, like, he, he can't, can't that fathom yet. that. So, moving a little bit, what? I, uh, well, I don't really, there's no really good transition to this, but he, John, finds an old 9mm. He finds an old nine millimeter. Why can I not say that? Millimeter. Finds an old nine millimeter pistol that sure. he bought as a souvenir of World World War Two. It's an Steyr. How do you say that? Nineteen twelve semi-automatic handgun. Okay. And his father's point twenty two caliber revolver. Yeah, it's a twenty two revolver. Uh oh, it's not point twenty two. Well, you don't see point? Po- you oh, don't, I don't I don't oh see, I don't really know anything about him. Yeah, I don't him. think you need to. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah. So, he's got this 9mm and this twenty two caliber, and he purchases new ammo, and he goes to the shooting range for target practice. Okay. Uh, this is quoted from ABC later after things that you don't know about yet. He says, one night after dinner, he asked his family what should be done with bodies after they died. Ooh. I remember talking about funerals and cremation and burials. I thought I was being real clever. Fuck. I know. And you don't even, I know. Shit. I know. So, jumping to November 9th, 1971. He sends his kids off to school 
just like any other normal day. Sure. He goes out to his car, apparently where the guns are, loads them. He walks into the kitchen where his wife was drinking coffee and shot his 46-year-old wife in the back of the head. Here we go. Jesus Christ. You've been laying on the mass shootings. So then he goes upstairs where his 84-year-old mother was having breakfast. Oh, no. Grandma just having breakfast. He kissed her, quote, like Judas. We know what he did. And shot her in the head. God damn. Quote, I approached all of them. He says this in an interview. I approached all of them from behind. So they wouldn't realize to the last minute what I was going to do to them. Oh, no. But I did read conflicting things about that because I did read that he shot his mother like right above the eye, which means she saw it coming. Yeah. So he then dragged his wife's body into the ballroom and cleaned the blood so that the kids wouldn't realize what was going on when they got home from school. Sure. At some point after this, he goes to the post office and stops all the mail coming to their house. He goes to the bank and cashes his mother's bonds where he apparently checked it to the penny. Because, you know, when you cash a bond, it's like Uh based on when you got it in the year and whatever. So he apparently was as an accountant. Mm -hmm. But he like even in this moment was checking it like to a T. Jesus. So I've seen conflicting things about like maybe he went to the bank before this, after this, whatever. But then at some point... He takes a lunch break. As you do. Sometimes you got to have a sandwich. At the same table that he shot his wife, he sat down and had a sandwich. The fuck? He's quoted as saying, I was hungry. And chuckles, that's just the way it was. What the fuck? What a dirty bastard. So great. Yeah. So great. Okay, so after this, he I is at home waiting for his children to arrive home from school sure and as his daughter patricia who is 16 and younger son frederick 13 arrived home from school he shot each of them in the back of the head god damn it what the fuck so welcome home kids at this point he's killed his wife his mother and two of the three of his children god damn it well there's I, I have a theory there's more to come. Yeah. And some of the stuff that I'm saying about him eating and going to the post office and what I'm about to say, m- the timeline might be, you know, skewed a little because uh-huh. it's it's varied on different websites. And I researched this a lot and listened to a lot of podcasts and different things. So the timeline is a little, a little y- yeah, I kind of go, jumpy. but this is sort of the one that I this felt was the best. Yeah. Yeah. So... At this point, he, after he's killed those kids and his wife and Half his, of his mother, he goes to his bank and he closes his bank account and his mother's bank accounts. And then he goes to Westfield High School to watch his elder son, John Jr., his 15-year-old, play a soccer game. Jesus Christ. He then drove him home. He just home. killed your mom, bro. He killed your mom, your grandmother, and your and brother your and siblings. your sister. Yeah. Jesus. And he goes and watches him play a soccer game. He then drove him home 
and shot him repeatedly in the chest and face. God damn it. Because his son tried to apparently resist. As you fucking good. I'm glad he did. He apparently shot him repeatedly until he was sure the boy was dead. And so the whole thing about him shooting them all in the back of the head, I think, is fairies i think he maybe that's what he wanted to do but that didn't really work out in his favor (sighs) um so then he placed the bodies of his wife and his children on sleeping bags in the mansion's ballroom he left his mother's body in her apartment in the attic because he could she was too heavy he couldn't bring Uh her down and in a five-page letter to his pastor found on the desk in his study he wrote that he saw too much evil in the world and he had killed his family to save their souls. The fuck, though. He then cleaned the various crime scenes. Wait for this. Carefully cut his own picture out of every family photo in the house. Uh, okay. So he has, like, an agenda, it seems. And then what the fuck, though? turned the radio, which was over an intercom, because it's a mansion, over uh-huh. the whole house, onto, like, a religious station blaring and left. Peace out. Left the house. What the fuck? So the murders were not discovered until December 7th, which they happened on November 9th, which was a like, like a month fuck. later, which was due in part to their reclusiveness and they didn't really socialize. So it wasn't sure. that weird that yeah. the family wasn't out and about or whatever. And also, in part to the notes sent by List to the children's schools and part-time jobs saying that the family would be visiting Helen's mother in North Carolina for several weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so part in the middle of all of that chaos, he also... You know, called the schools and said that the family would be gone to North Carolina to visit his wife's sick mom and that he was going to be following them by car. So they okay. all had left and he he would be following them. Okay. And that's why nobody would be seeing them, right? Right. Also, on top of calling the schools and jobs and shit and telling everybody that, he stopped milk and mail and newspaper deliveries, which I did mention before they stopped the, uh-huh. the mail. But then he right. also, at this time, there were some, like, milk deliveries. Isn't that wild? And so he stopped all that, like, we're not going to be home. We're yeah. going out of town. Da, 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 da. Yeah. no milk. So then neighbors noticed that all the mansion lights were on and illuminated day and night. Okay. And there was, like, really no activity in the mansion, which, whatever. They're not very social anyway. Sure. But then finally, I guess the lights start to burn out one by one. Oh, so it's been like that long. Well, I mean, it was at least a month. Yeah. So then I guess one of the neighbors finally decided that they needed to call the police, which is so wild to me. I feel like I would never notice if our neighbors, I'd be like, their lights are all on. Oh, one went out. I think it fucking depends on the goddamn neighborhood association. Yeah, true. God damn it. So at this point, we've got, I guess, a missing family. Mm -hmm. We don't know where the dad is. We don't know where John is. And the case became the most most notorious crime in New Jersey history since the kidnapping and murder of the Lindbergh baby, which you might not know much about, but I will get on that at some point. It's the New Jersey devil is clearly who did this. 
<laughs> Ooh, maybe. Maybe. So a nationwide manhunt is launched and police investigated hundreds of leads without success. Um, the family car was found parked at the JFK airport in New York, but there was no evidence that he had boarded a flight. Oh, shit. So he did this as a false lead to make them think that he went there or whatever, or somebody stole the car or whatever, and he got on a plane or whoever got on a plane. But really, he went and he parked it at the JFK airport, and then he took a bus into the city. And then he went from New York to Denver, where he began a new life. As you do, because what the fuck? Holy fuck, though. What the fuck, though? So he's peaced out. New life. So he settles in Denver. Right? He's done all this shit. Right. He's kind of, blah, blah, blah. I went to the airport. I didn't. He goes into the city and he goes to Denver. And he is like, I'm going to start over. So in early 1972. What a dick. Oh, wait. So wait. He begins his new life as Robert P. Clark. Working first as a hotel fry cook and then later as an accountant at H&R Block. Wow. Right? Right. That's crazy. The fuck. So, in early 1972, as I said, he took on an accounting job as Robert P. Bob Clark, which was actually the name of one of his college classmates. What a dick. Although, the real Bob Clark uh, asserted that he never even knew him. He never, they weren't he boys. was like, yeah. I don't know. Like, what yeah, we fuck? went to high school together. I have no idea who he is. So, from, ni- uh, from 1979 to 1986, he was the comp... Roller, comptroller, that's such a weird word. He was a comptroller at a paper box manufacturer outside Denver. He joined a Lutheran congregation and ran a carpool for shut-in church members. Jesus. At one religious gathering, he met an Army PX clerk named Dolores Miller, and he married her in 1985. So he's... Peaced out and has fucking Cheeky, he's started the fuck over. Again, bro. In February 1988, the couple then moved to, I don't know how you say this place, M-I-D-L-O-T-H-I-A-N, Midlothian. Let me see. It does seem like Midlothian. Midlothian, Virginia. If you guys live in Virginia, let me know how you say that. Where he was still using the name Bob Clark and resumed work as an accountant. Jesus. How the fuck, though? Right? Just just started over. It's like, what's that How Leonardo DiCaprio though? movie? Um, Which one? Uh, um, where he keeps playing all the different... Catch me if you can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's jump to 18 years later. What the fuck? Okay. May 21st, 1989. The murders of this family were recounted on the TV show America's Most Wanted, which at the time had been on the air literally less than a year, which is kind of crazy. Really? That's crazy to me, actually. So on this episode, they featured an age-progressed clay bust that was sculpted by forensic artist Frank Bender of Dude... John List okay. to be like if he changed his name but this is what he looked like 
that he literally sculpted, forensic sculpted that his original look to make it to where they could have like a picture people who might know right like this is what he would look like now and they did it like like with a sculpture which i think is so fucking cool well it ended up being like a really close resemblance to list's actual appearance and apparently his wife at the time was watching that episode of america's most wanted what but was like I don't remember the whole details, but, you know, he was like, I, you know, she was like, no way. And didn't, it didn't go anywhere That's or crazy, whatever, though. which is also fucking nuts. So, yeah. So then on June 1st, 1989, 11 days after that aired, he was arrested at a Richmond accounting firm after a Denver neighbor viewed the America's most wanted broadcast, recognized the profile and alerted the authorities. At this point, he continued to stand by his alias for several months, even after extradition to Union County, New Jersey in late 1989. Wow. But he finally faced irrefutable evidence because they had fingerprints that matched his military records. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, And with the evidence that was found at the crime scene. And he finally confessed his True identity on February 16th, 1990. Wow. So this man. Motherfucker. Murdered his yeah, wife. His fucking family. His mother. His three children. Ran. Started a new life. Got remarried. And was on the run. And got away with it for 18 fucking years. 18 years. What the fuck? Yeah. That's crazy. So at trial, Liz testified that he was faced with grave financial difficulties in 1971. and that Go ahead and kill your whole family right? and pay the bills. He had lost his job at the Jersey City Bank. And to avoid sharing this humiliating development with his family, he spent each workday at the Westfield train station reading newspapers until it was time to come home. Jesus Christ. So I even like admitted. Admitted? Admitted. He was just kicking it reading the newspaper. He skimmed money from his mother's bank accounts, as I said, to avoid defaulting on his mortgage. And he claimed that he was dealing. This is so fucking annoying and infuriating. He was dealing with his wife's alcoholism and was dealing with her untreated syphilis contracted from her first husband and concealed for 18 years. Fuck. Oh, and according to his trial testimony, his wife Helen had pressured him into marriage by falsely claiming that she was pregnant and that insisted that they be married in Maryland because in Maryland it didn't require blood testing to obtain a marriage license. So he's being a fucking asshole. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, he. it also goes on to say that though her health, this is his wife, Helen, though her health progressively worsened, she said nothing to him or her physicians until 1969 when a checkup revealed the condition. And by then, the disease and her, exes- and her excessive alcohol consu- consumption had, according to testimony, quote, transformed her from an attractive young woman to an unkept and paranoid recluse, who frequently and often publicly 
uh, disparaged list, comparing his sexual prowess unfavorably with that of her first husband. Ouch. Let's get the fuck out. Nobody was talking about any of that fucking shit until you came to court and started running your fucking stupid mouth. A court-appointed psychiatrist testified that Liz suffered from obsessive-compulsive personality disorder and that he saw only two solutions to this situation, except welfare or kill his family. Mm-hmm. And send their whole their souls as to, you do, and send their souls to heaven. So Jesus. it's like, oh, do I humiliate my family and myself in the community, or just go ahead and just kill them and send them to heaven? It's so much better if I just kill them and just send them to heaven, right? Yeah. The fuck. fuck? Ugh. On April twelfth, nineteen ninety, List was convicted of five counts of first degree murder. And at his sentencing hearing, he denied direct responsibility for his actions. Quote, I feel that because of my mental state at the time, I was unaccountable for what happened. I ask all affected by this for their forgiveness, understanding, and prayer. Dick. The judge was not pleased. Dude's a dick. The judge said, after his fucking ridiculous fucking statements, John List is... Without remorse and without honor, after 18 years, 5 months, and 22 days, it is now time for the voices of Helen, Alma, Patricia, Frederick, and John List to rise from the grave. He imposed a sentence of five terms of life imprisonment to be served consecutively, the maximum permissible penalty at that time. Um, List then filed an appeal of his convictions on grounds that his judgment had been impaired by post-traumatic stress disorder. Nah, fuck you. Due to his military service. I mean, yeah, but no. But no. He also, I'm all about. Sure, same. uh, Yeah, no. There's, PTSD is real, but this fucker, no. No, dog. He also argued that the letter... He left behind at the crime scene essentially was his confession um, was a confidential communication to his pastor and therefore should be admissible admissible as evidence in court. Yeah. Uh, federal appeals court rejected both of those arguments. Well, obviously, nah, motherfucker. 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 Um, he also later expressed a degree of remorse for his crimes. Quote, I wish I had never done what I did. I've regretted my action and prayed for forgiveness ever since. And when asked by Connie Chung in in 2002 why he had not taken his own life, he said he believed that suicide would have barred him from heaven. Not any of the other stuff that you did. But that's where he hoped to be reunited with his family. And he thought that he was doing them a service. The family that he killed as a son. He thought he was doing them a service by doing that. That's fucked. That's so fucked. He eventually died of complications from pneumonia at age 82 on Good. March 21st, 2008. Uh, nah, in, bro. He was still in prison, obviously, at St. Francis Medical Center in Trenton, New Jersey. And at that time, uh, when he died, they reported it in the Newark Star-Ledger paper, and they referred to him as the boogeyman of Westfield. 
Fuck the boogeyman of Westfield. Okay, but I'm glad he's dead. Two things that are just kind of mind blowing to just okay end it. So the real kicker is that Breeze Knoll, which was the mansion yeah. that he bought, was destroyed by arson on August twentieth, nineteen seventy two, which is about approximately ten months after the murders. Okay, and. That crime still remains unsolved. Nobody knows who burned down the mansion. But along with the home was the ballroom's stained glass skylight, which I mentioned in the beginning, Uh which was rumored to be a signed Tiffany original, which was worth at least $100,000 at the time, which is equivalent to like $600,000 as of 2018. Fuck. Which... Would have yeah. literally been his answer to, to all, all the debt. Yeah, he wouldn't have had to. All he, he would have had to do was oh sell that fucking God. skylight. And he probably he was probably the one that fucking burned the place down. No, I, no, he wasn't. He didn't come back. It was this yeah. was like ten months after. He definitely didn't burn it down. Jesus Christ! But that fucking yeah skylight was the answer to all of it. All of it. Wow. What and the fuck, um, eventually a new house was built on that site in 1974. Um, and something that I found a couple episodes ago, I was listening to My Favorite Murder. Mm-hmm. And they had Conan O'Brien on where mm-hmm. they were just like talking because apparently Conan O'Brien really loves true crime as well. And when he was a writer on SNL back in the day, mm-hmm. it was when John List was on trial yeah. He drove to the courthouse every day when he had free time and free time? Free what? When he had free time and went to John List's trial. Because he's crazy. just he's a huge true crime uh buff. And he after the fact, you know, like I said, he just was really unsatisfied and just felt like he was he didn't get anything from it. He just wanted to see this evil. I guess he really wanted to see this like family annihilators eyes and he just didn't get anything and he didn't get that and it satisfaction was, he was very like this sucks this is just a yeah. normal dude and he did this and this sucks and even after the fact there was no google maps or anything and he literally mapped out where the house was and went and like visited where you know the house had burned down and then the new house was built he went and went like full creeper and went and creeped on the new house and stuff just to like I don't know. Get that vibe. Like we would like. Mm-hmm. I would like. Oh, let's just go see the site or whatever. It is. It's just. It's where something happened, and yeah. he kind of just went and creeped, and it's Conan O'Brien. It's yeah, I think that's he's a big, so he's crazy. A big personality. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's. I think it's really cool to know that he's a true crime. A true crime guy. Yeah, oh, he's like fun. so into true crime. Yeah. When I was listening to his interview, he was like, "I either want to be murdered or be a murderer." <laughs> like. <laughs> damn conan he's a wild ass yeah well that was good that was really good baby i hope so i mean well i know i know it's not it's fucked up it's you know at the end of the day ah it's not what it it's is not easy stuff to hear but holy shit dude like mm-hmm. i just find that story so fascinating because he everything was good and it was normal and then he did this heinous thing and just peace the fuck out he started on a new fucking life and for eight, he got away with it for eighteen goddamn years. It's a long and time married somebody else, yeah, started a new church, like Mister Perfect. Yeah, it's fucked. Fuck that Fucking, guy. Like yeah. fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. 
But, you know, what's so annoying is that that's, let's round up 20 years mm-hmm. of prison time he didn't have to do. Right. You know? Yeah. It's fucked he up. He had to do half the prison sentence and then didn't, you know, just died of, yeah. like, normal Bullshit. It's not justice. Shit. Anyway. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Thank you guys so much for listening to We Drunk and We Know Things. The radio. Just kidding. The podcast. Come on. Um. Follow us on social media. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. We'll put it all in the show notes. Follow everything. us everywhere, man. Write and review. That would be dope. Review. Write and review. Write us. Review us. Um, please leave us um feedback on iTunes or wherever you listen. That'd be so helpful. Five stars, even just a little heart emoji. Anything you can do, written review wise, is amazing. Come see us at our live show. Email us with ideas, uh, corrections. Let us know when we fuck up. We want to correct that shit. We're not perfect. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next episode. Bye. Bye.